think one of the things that surprised me was just really the the knowledge that's out there as, as far as there's different payment options through our office that property taxpayers can take advantage of and there's a multitude of exemptions that the appraisal district offers that you know different people depending on their circumstance can possibly qualify for. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, we're recording from the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the chamber, visit alvinmanvillechamber.org. Thank you very much to the chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We would love for you to subscribe to stay up to date with us and the community. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. In this episode, we're talking with Kristen Belonic. She is the newly elected county tax assessor for Brazoria County. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, well, I say newly elected, but you you were elected a year ago. So last November, and I took office January 1st of this year. Just as a random side note, were you supposed to be up in November or is it May and it got postponed because of COVID? It's no, normally would have been November. So Did you grow up in this area? I did not grow up in this area. Um, I was actually born and raised in a small town called Hallettsville. Oh, hey. Shortly after graduating there, I took off to Houston and started college and graduated University of Houston with uh, my accounting degree. All right. Go Cougs. Yeah. So what interested you about accounting? To be honest with you, my parents had a business for over 30 years, and I helped in that business as I uh, grew up and was old enough to help, and my mom did all the books, and it just kind of helped, you know, became, was second nature to me. So did you find yourself in there with her, helping her out, or watching her, paying attention to how right. she did things? And, yeah, so in the summer when we were off of school, I would be there helping her. Right, checks, reconcile bank accounts, and that type of thing. All the fun stuff that accountants exactly. love. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm picturing an eight-year-old Kristen like, <laughs> writing a check and mom going, no, mom, no. But after that, how did you end up in Brazoria County? Because I know you've been here for a while. I have <laughs> been here for a while. Um, so like I said, I graduated um, from the University of Houston. And uh, shortly after that, I met my husband, Patrick Polonic, who's a... Uh, lifetime resident of Brazoria County. And so um, I got here as fast as I could and actually um, we started our life together right here in Alvin. Did you really? I did. Okay. But you don't live in Alvin now? I do not live in Alvin now. We We don't have to share where you live if you don't want to. (laughs) It's okay. We don't need people coming to your house. Yeah. No. But yeah. And, And so it seems to me that service is kind of in your blood and in your family. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know Patrick's really involved in stuff outside of um, his job and so are you. Right, you know. right. Um, I think, you know, like you said, it, it's just something that's been a part of me my whole life. Um, it's where I started my career too is in local government. Um, and I think it, you know, what drew me to that is my enjoyment to serve others. A little over 11 years ago, I started um, with Galveston County. 
And previous to me taking office, I served six years as the first assistant county auditor for Galveston County. And a lot of what my position was, was visiting and working with all of the different offices that are part of the county and um, trying to help them better their business processes and making sure they have the right controls in place to protect not only the citizens, but themselves as well. So did you decide you wanted to move into the Brazoria County versus Galveston, or did a position come available, or was this a long-term goal for you? So um, as we got older, we had children, and um, I consider Brazoria County my home now. And so um, as I continued through my career, it was became very apparent that I wanted to come back and work and serve my home county. Um, so about a couple years ago, I became aware of my predecessor's uh, retirement okay. and was you know, saw the opportunity to run for the open position. And so with many thoughts and prayers and um, support from the community, I decided to run. Okay. And I guess we should say that you're a tax assessor for Brazoria County. Yes. Tax assessor collector for Brazoria. Tax assessor collector. Okay. Very clear. I'm kind of the, not even 10,000 foot view, maybe 50,000 foot view. I guess the way I have it written down and what's a misconception that people have about government fiscal responsibility? Because it seems to me that, how can I break this down? People don't understand the need for taxes. They don't understand the need for um, that kind of instrument within the government. But it seems to me that it's, as much as I may not like it, I don't, no one wants to pay taxes, but to me, I at least can understand and agree with the fact that it's necessary. What, what's kind of been your experience, even in Galveston, where you, you know, you were there for 11 years. Right. Um, So you're right. I mean, most people don't want to pay their, you know, property taxes. It's, kind of um, something we have to do, but not something that necessarily want to do. However, those property taxes is the main source of income for the different taxing entities that are providing the services to the constituents. And so without that funding, they wouldn't be able to provide the services to us as um, citizens of the different communities. All right. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more about what a county tax assessor actually does. (laughs) But first, let's take a moment and hear from our sponsors. Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood realtor, Parker White with New Villa Realty. It's not a secret the real estate market is red hot right now. Whether you have a dream of becoming a homeowner, your family's growing, and you need more room, or if you're an empty nester, I got you covered. New Villa Realty specializes in helping our clients achieve their real estate goals through a stress-free process and open communication 24-7. You will never be left in the dark, and I will be there with you for any questions you may have. Connect with me today so we can sit down and get you where you want to be. My phone number is 281-678-1811 or email me at parker at nuvilla realty, N-U-V-I-L-L-A.com. I would love to meet you. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Hey, we want to take a quick moment and tell you a little bit about 1820 Marketing, the producers of this podcast. We believe that when businesses have quality marketing, it gives business owners the freedom to focus on what they do best. We design websites, 
produce videos, and create marketing materials that help clients grow their business. Find out more at 1820marketing.com. It's something different. And now back to the show. All right, we're back. So here's here's the million dollar question. <laughs> what does a county tax assessor and collector do? So excited that you asked that question, Jake. Sometimes people don't fully understand the multitude of things that the tax office does. Um, not only do we do things for Brazoria County, but we also do um, a lot of things for the state. What I will start by saying, what we do, and then followed by a few short things of what we don't do. <laughs> All right, that's probably um, a good idea. What, what we do do, we collect for um, over 50 different taxing entities in Brazoria County. Wow. 50? 50. It's, I think, that's close a, to 57 wow. is um, what we do. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so really what that means is we're able to, con- to send out a consolidated tax bill to the property owner so they have a one-stop shop, for lack of a better word, to pay their property taxes in one location. Um, Another thing that we do um, on behalf of the state is we obviously do motor vehicle, your registrations and your licensing. That's where I write my checks. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, if you ever need to apply for a title or have any type of um, title transfers that you need to do for your motor vehicles, we also do this as well. Um, Recently, um, with working with the Texas Department, or Texas Parks and Wildlife, we um, now are also offering the service of boat and motor registrations. Oh, and wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. I remember a month or two, I don't know, a while back, but uh, the county was doing a thing where you could come and drop off your the mm-hmm. boats, like mm-hmm. your abandoned boats. I've never had a boat. I don't actually have a desire. I certainly don't have an abandoned one. <laughs> yeah. But it was like people could go and drop off, and it's like, you don't need to have a title. Like, are you kidding me? Who Who just... Who has the spare boat that's like, nah, just go drop yes. it off. We're good. Yes. That's crazy. You'd kind of mentioned before we started talking about how you work kind of up to the, like from the resident up to the state and then from the state down. What are some of the things that you wish people knew or um, don't necessarily know? Someone out there is going to know. <laughs> I probably not don't. Every, not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really? Um, so the main thing that our office does is handle property taxes. Um, and since my, um, even before with, with talking with citizens and constituents and even now being in office and seeing it and working with property tax payers one-on-one, it's how the property tax system works, for lack of a better word. You know, most people um, have the idea that the tax office handles every piece of it, and we don't. The appraisal districts set values. The taxing entities, so your cities, your school districts, um, your different MUDs and things like that are actually setting the tax rates. And then it is the tax office's responsibility to calculate the taxes that are due based on the values that we receive from the appraisal district and the tax rates adopted by the entities. We are responsible for sending that bill out. Okay. So you're the middleman, for lack of a better term, but you're the one that catches all the guff from people, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know we can't fix that no. but uh, we were talking at lunch about how people will call up the city and say you need to do something about my school taxes right that that boggles me that people don't really want to take the time they see county tax assessor on the the letterhead right. even though if you look it'll show you what the bill is from each entity and you kind of can look at it how do you not go insane <laughs> 
Um, I, I think it's just, you know, what I um, tell my staff is that it's very important that we not only treat our customers with customer service, remarkable customer service is how I like to say it, but in addition to that, educate them. Because, you know, they're not able to address their values or address, you know, that they're upset with the school district with their rates unless they know how the system works and who to speak to about what their complaint is about. And so we try very hard to educate our customers and send them in the right direction. That's awesome. And and so you did mention staff. I know you're not all alone, but what does your staff comprise for? Again, we've talked about it before on the podcast. Brazoria County is a huge county larger than the state of Rhode Island. You have everything from small, I don't know, I want to say 50 people, towns to Pearland, which has 140. 40. You have the plants. How small is your staff? A, Let's be it's honest. A pretty, it's a small it's a staff. Pretty, yeah, it's a pretty broad yeah. so county. Here's, um, and I'm, it's a good point to bring up, Jake. I have actually have a staff of 57. Wow. Um, but what most people don't know either is that I have seven sub-offices in addition to our main office in Angleton. I know we, I just had a couple come in yesterday um, who drove in from Pearland, and they did not realize that we had oh two gosh. offices in Pearland. And then oh, one man. in Manville that they passed. <laughs> yes, right. so we yeah. have two in Pearland, one in Manville, one right here around the corner in Alvin. Right. Um, Angleton, Lake Jackson, West Cumberland. West Columbia, and one that is part-time in Sweeney. Oh, wow. I, I think a lot of people miss the one in Alvin, that's for sure. I know mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago, and I said, why are you going down there? There's one in Alvin. No, uh Yeah, yes. there really is. Yeah, so. and we have a fantastic staff here in Alvin. No, I, yeah, I've been very happy there. And and I like that other people don't know about it, because I get in and out fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's not one in No, I'm kidding. There's one yes. in Alvin. <laughs> yes. And then not to mention, we also have 15 subcontractors, which what that means is that it's different um, grocery stores and things that that okay. nature that will also process registration for us. Okay, so like a Kroger or yes. HEB or whoever. Kroger, okay. Randall's, things like yeah, that. There are 15 that. across Brazoria County that we have okay. contracts with that will do that. But it's 15 entities and within those entities, so you have with Kroger, but there may be 12 Krogers that Correct. You can do that. Wow. That is oh, correct. So that's a lot and of so all of our sub offices, locations, and phone numbers are on our website as well as all of the subcontractors. Wow. Fantastic. Okay, so the position that you're in, the tax assessor and collector, it's an elected position. So how long is that office held before there's another election? Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your predecessor was there for more than four years because everybody's familiar with writing Rovin Garrett. And now that's going to change. So don't yes. pre-write your checks. Everybody's yes. going to update their bill pay and all those things. So right. get ready. So, yeah. so what's kind of something that surprised you about the role? I mean, anyone oh. that has any new position probably thinks that they have an understanding of something or what the they're going to be right? doing, and they show up, and they're like, oh, that's new. So with tax assessors, you know, you're elected and you start office January 1, which is in the middle of property tax season, and so you get dropped in and it's oh, sink yeah. or swim real quick. Um, I think one of the things that surprised me, and we kind of already touched on it, is you know, with in January and February, when we're dealing with um, property taxpayers coming in, um, for one example is I had a lady come in who was struggling to figure out what their what her options was on how to pay. Um, she was over 65, and she did not realize that she could apply for an exemption of over 65. Oh, okay. And so um, I think one of the things that surprised me was um, just really the, the knowledge that's out there as, as far as 
there's different payment options through our office that um, property taxpayers can take advantage of, and there's a multitude of exemptions that the appraisal district um, offers that you know different people, depending on their circumstance, can possibly qualify for. And so it's just really, again, getting that that person educated on what are their options and what do they qualify for. So if somebody goes into one of the substations, they can just ask about those if they feel like they might qualify or if they're struggling financially. You know, we are coming out of a pandemic at this point. So yeah. And so um, exemptions, this goes back to um, who does what, but exemptions are handled by the appraisal district. So we try to educate um, our customers on what they could potentially be um, eligible for, and then we get them in contact with the appraisal district to, okay. to help them through the application process. Fantastic. That's so great. you're not really facilitating it. You're getting them to the right people. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. But again, that's a got to be a tough role because I know going to the DMV, going and doing this, I, I can appreciate your staff because they're sometimes a stop on the road. They're not the final. And I know that when I have to go do something, whether it's license renewal or whatever it is, like I just want to go to one place and be done with it and so the idea that their your staff's job kind of is to say, okay, this is step one, you know, right. that's got it. It's not a. And, and what I remind my staff pretty frequently is that um, at the end of the day, we have to face it. No one really likes having to go into the tax office. Um, and so what can we do to make their experience in this office fast, efficient, and they get the answers that they need, whether it's us being able to handle what they need handled or whether we're educating them and sending them in the right direction of where they need to go. Okay. With, with a staff so large, I know you said you had 57 and then you have the sub offices. How do you disseminate information to everybody in a quick amount of time? Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it takes a team. Yeah. And um, I tell each and every one of our staff, we're, we are one team. It's not individual teams. We're one team working together. Um, so I have um, obviously amazing supervisors and things that we have a system of just how we communicate things down. And, of course, things, <laughs> you know, sometimes don't make it to where it needs to be or things like that. Um, but we, we try really hard to uh, make sure that everyone's on the same page, whether it's email chains or whether it's conference calls or things of that nature that we're jumping on. Um, to make sure that we're all on the same page. And right. so how did that change for you during COVID? Like where you're not physically, staff's not physically in place, but, and I know things kind of got punted a little bit as far as uh, vehicle registrations and stuff sure. like that. Like I, I know that that happened, but most you physically have to go to y'all. You don't really get to do some of this online. How did you Right. So that? when I took office, um, we were back fully staffed. So we were um, functioning full staff. I think prior to me taking office, they were having to um, have like some type of skeleton crew arrangement that they were doing. But that was prior to me taking um, office. However, um, we did go through where a large amount of my staff were out at one time. Oh, yeah. Um, due to being sick and exposing others and whatnot. Um, so let's be honest, it did affect us as far as processing things more timely. Right. But we've lived, we've learned. Let's pray for the pandemic to go away and not another yes. one return. Every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lived, we've learned. And from that, you know, we, we plan to have some changes moving forward just in general on how to be better. Um, but yeah, we were affected in, in the fact that we had a significant amount of staff at one time, but we caught back up as best we could and we're moving forward now. Sure. Well, Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, uh, so at Caleb's, my son's school, if you're exposed in a class to someone, like the whole class was staying home for 10 days and then they'd come back. Right? Yeah, then they'd come back for a day and go to the other class 
their second period class and they were exposed and they'd say, there's, there was no, I say no rhyme or reason, but it just seems like there was a little bit of chaos that if you didn't have grace for it, I mean, come on, right. what are you going to do? I mean, again, not going to be happy you show up and it's not open, but yet also it's not normal, right? normal times. I don't know how else to describe that, but right. Yeah, as, as of today, all of our sub offices are opened. We are um, fully staffed and eight to five Monday through Friday. So, okay. So where do you see yourself down the line is this what you want to do for a career or do you have aspirations of doing something else um as of right now you know this is where i see myself i'm excited to be serving brazoria county um i'm in a position where i can feel i feel my experience and my expertise will be uh, greatly utilized and as i tell myself staff and self daily you know we're we're here to make brazoria county better for the people that we're serving because at the end of the day that cust- we're sure. we are here because of our customers Right. And so we're here to serve them. And, and I would think that most of the people in Brazoria County think it is the best ca- county in the state. I know yeah. I'm one of those. So Yeah, Texas thinks it's the best state. <laughs> Brazoria County thinks it's the best county. For sure. I get it. But, well, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, I thank you all for having me. Thank you, Kristen, for coming on the show. And thank you to the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce for letting us come in and record. To learn more, visit alvinmanvillechamber.org. Also, thank you to our listeners. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820marketing.com slash podcast.